explain this from Edinburgh, Scotland, specifically the new town, uh, just a few blocks away from uh, Princess Street and Princess Street Gardens. I'm standing underneath a flagpole with the Scottish flag blowing in the wind above. Maybe you can hear it. It's early in the morning and there are a few tourists and Scots walking around. I love Edinburgh. It's one of my favorite cities in the world and it's the capital city of the fabulous Scotland, uh, one of my favorite countries in the world. I lived here for seven, eight years. I have such a strong emotional attachment to, to Edinburgh and to Scotland. It's where I got my PhD in developmental neuroscience, where I would spend hundreds if not thousands of hours growing brain cells in a dish, trying to understand the molecules that are responsible for enhancing and sometimes diminishing our brain growth. So why am I here in Edinburgh recording this? Because as I look around, I can see the remarkable Arthur's Seat, this beautiful, ancient, volcanic landmass that towers over and looks down onto Edinburgh, and in particular, the new town. Now, the new town uh, is a wonderful collection of beautiful, fairly imposing buildings. And they're about three, four stories high, most of them. And the architect of the new town had as a rule, in fact, a law, that you couldn't put planter boxes onto your window ledge. In fact, they tried to strip away anything that is nature, the natural landscape. And why would they do this? It's because we have this tremendous need to control, to demonstrate our domination, our control over the natural world, which of course is an illusion. So why do we have this need to control? And that's what this episode uh, is all about. Our need to control and where truth lives in letting go of that control. Where our ability to thrive actually lives not in the control of the people and world around us, but in letting go of that illusion of control. I hope you enjoy what, uh, what you hear. The need to be in control of your fate is profound. When you feel in control, your brain feels empowered. Whether it's in a social, behavioral, psychological, or economic context, to be empowered is to feel certainty in your life. COVID-19 is challenging that sense of control for all of us. As a result, hundreds of millions, if not billions of brains around the world are feeling collectively disempowered. And that sense of disempowerment is likely to be stronger for those of you who strongly identify with the idea of an individual, of self-made or being a lone wolf, which are common archetypes in the US and in the West in general. And why? Because COVID-19 makes explicit that independence, whether it's metaphorical, psychological, or physical, does not actually exist in any literal sense, nor has it ever existed. None of us, in fact, no living system is an island. We are all fundamentally affected by others and we affect others globally and locally. And it has always been this way. And you don't have to look outside your own body for evidence that this is true. Even your own body is a collective of interdependent systems of self and non-self cells. For many of you, you'll surprise to learn that only 10% of the cells that are inside you actually are you. 
For every one of your cells, there are 10 microorganisms living symbiotically along with your cells. And this is the point. It's the point of mutualism. If they weren't there doing what they do, your cells, and in fact, you would die. So at this time, many, and some for the first time, are becoming acutely aware that their lives are not their own, which makes COVID-19 not only a threat to your physical certainty, it also threatens your sense of self and your freedom of self. Having your physical and perceptual self challenged is really hard, which is why for many, their brains will instead feel disempowered by life's inherent interdependence. After all, to be dependent on others or one's environment for one's well-being is to have less control over one's future. In fact, we'd rather feel pain than that sense of uncertainty. In a recent study by Dr. Berker and colleagues at a university college, London, they showed that the brain is, finds it much worse not knowing you're going to get a shock than knowing you definitely will or won't. In other words, not knowing what is going to happen next is more stressful to the brain than knowing with certainty that something bad is going to happen. So what happens to your brain when it perceives itself to be disempowered? Ignorance, gullibility, delusion, and even anger can ensue. In a lab misfit study, Richard Clark and I explored what happens to your perception of the world when you feel disempowered. To this end, we asked a group of subjects to close their eyes and remember a time when they felt highly stressed and out of control, sort of much like many of us are feeling now. They were then asked to visualize that time in as much detail as possible for five minutes. And then in another group of people, they were asked to remember a time when they also felt stressed, but actually in this time, in control. And again, they were asked to visualize this time for five minutes and to describe in as much personal memory as possible the details of the complexity of their feelings, of their breathing, of the colors, of the smells and the clothes they wore. And this is what we call priming. It's a common technique in neuroscience and psychology. And after priming, each subject was then presented with a very simple brightness contrast illusion of two identical circles, one on a dark surround and one on a light surround, which usually causes people to see the two circles, which are physically identical, as being different. What was remarkable is that the people who felt disempowered, they saw this really simple illusion as stronger. And it actually gets even more extreme. The disempowered brain is actually more likely to see objects where no objects actually exist. Whitson and Galinsky have shown that a brain that is primed to be disempowered is more likely to see hidden objects within what we call noise images, or like camouflage images. So while this research shows that feeling disempowered impacts the most basic perceptions of your brain, it can also affect your higher level perceptions. So, for instance, in a really fascinating study, Fessler and Holbrook found that being bound to a chair increased a man's estimate of the size of another angry man while simultaneously decreasing the estimate of their own height. Okay? And this study is not only true for the minds of bound men, it's also true for the minds of children bound, in this case, by poverty. Children from poor socioeconomic backgrounds estimate the size of coins to be larger than those from wealthier backgrounds. Similarly, hungry people 
are more likely to see food in ambiguous images. People estimate distances to be greater and hills to be steeper when they're exhausted or carrying a heavy load. So why do we see illusions stronger and become more gullible and manipulable when we feel the stress of uncertainty? It's the need to increase control that is an intrinsic motivator of human perception and behavior, which means that these perceptions and actions, which may seem inappropriate, are actually an attempt to increase the sense of power and control by the disempowered individual. The research on disempowered brain also explains why, especially in times of crosis, there is a tendency towards conspiracies. For instance, recent ones in COVID-19 include conspiracies that many people think explains why we are experiencing this pandemic. That, for instance, Bill Gates has been the creator of this pandemic, who is in fact one of the leading supporters of our research around the world. Another theory believes 5G towers cause COVID-19. So, like conspiracy theorists, companies too are in the business of reducing uncertainty for their audience or customers and clients. In fact, as the insightful marketing guru uh, Rory Southern pointed out to me, the success of Uber is less about disrupting the taxi industry and more in line with our own research on uncertainty. In this case, our need for certainty about where the taxi is and when it will arrive. In the context of Uber, its success is not about convenience, price, or scale, but the map on the app which shows how far away the ride is. So why might any of this matter to you? Because first, people whose brains are in a disempowered state are more gullible. They're easily manipulated and controlled. And because it doesn't require one to actually know they are in a disempowered brain state to perceive themselves in the world in a manner consistent with being disempowered. So becoming aware of how and why you see what we do will give you choice in how you see the world in yourself. And that sense of choice will shift your brain from one that feels disempowered to one that feels empowered. It will also help you see how those who lead you, who are led by you, those who you love or are loved by you, they like you are also making choices that are often in the service of one outcome, to feel empowered by decreasing their own future uncertainty. So what choices do we in fact have in the face of uncertainty? We can either let our brain become disempowered or empowered. There are only a few. You can get sad, get angry, panic, or you can expand your perception of self and others of the world. In our next podcast, we'll address the merits of these different options. Thank you again for listening. My name is Bo Lotto, and thank you for listening to my Expanding Perception podcast, which will be an ever-expanding story of the neuroscience of uncertainty and how we can not just cope with it, but expand because of it. My aim in creating this podcast is really to try to help you increase your perceptual intelligence, which will give you the ability to make the decisions and take the actions that will foster a more loving, adaptable, and optimistic life in an increasingly uncertain world. My hope is that this podcast will help you in your journey to self-honesty, which is one of the hardest journeys we can take in our life, 
since it's a never-ending practice and might take you to places that you might want to avoid. But if you have the courage and compassion to go on this journey, you'll find that it's worth it and it will create true authenticity in your way of being. A deeper consideration of many of the ideas in the Expanding Perception podcast can be found in my book, Deviate, The Creative Power of Transforming Your Perception. You can also follow me and my Lab of Misfits on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also take part in experiments on the Lab of Misfits website that we've designed just for you to help you better understand who you are. So thank you, and I hope you enjoy these episodes.